My mother said she was going to listen to the program, so I told her I'd clean up my act. Week number 11 in the National Football League is where we're going to start as we welcome you to this 424th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you. Hope all is well with you. I will not talk about the Thursday night game. Um, I think the cops should have been involved, but we'll talk about that in our regular, regularly scheduled programming Um Chris and I always traditionally during the NFL season start with our picks for that particular week, so we will continue to do that. Both Chris and I had the Steelers on Thursday night, so we didn't do so well, but uh, neither did the Cleveland Browns and their organization. And again, we'll have plenty to talk about that little fiasco from Thursday night in uh, episode number 425 of Unscripted. So let's get right to The business at at hand, which is talking about week number 11, the remaining games of week number 11 in the NFL, the Sunday games, the Monday night games, and uh, four teams. And I I think I'm correct in saying, well, maybe not. I think there may be, what, one more week left of bye weeks? Or is this the last week of bye weeks? I'm not quite sure. I think, well, week 12, uh, well, this is week 11. Yeah, week 12 has Yeah, so one more. Okay, so we got one more. Green Bay, the New York Giants, Seattle, and Tennessee are on bye here in week 11, so... One more week of buys, and uh, then we're done with that. But yeah. week week number 11 in the NFL, the Sunday edition, starts at Ford Field in Detroit, the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. The Cowboys come in as six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I can't really get a read on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't really have a feel for the Dallas Cowboys. What I do know is that I truly believe in my heart of hearts that if there is a team that needs to look at a coaching change from 2019 into the 2020 season, I believe that Jason Garrett would be at the top of that list. Um, obviously not the top of the list because I believe Freddie Kitchens needs to be there first and foremost, but I digress. Uh, again, Cowboys come in as six and a half point favorites. For whatever reason, I think, especially after their loss on Sunday night to the Minnesota Vikings at home, if Dallas has any true ambition of seeing the postseason right now they are on the outside looking in well I guess no technically that's at five and four they still lead that's a that's a bad on my my part and I apologize at five and four the Cowboys still lead the disgusting uh, NFC Eastern Division so that puts them at the four spot and my apologies again for that but um, the Cowboys aren't looking good uh, let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Oh my, that might get me in trouble right there mm-hmm. here in Canada for whatever I'd say. And again, we'll have more on Don Cherry later too. But anyway, I'm blathering on here and I'm going to stop doing that. For some reason, I have the Cowboys straight up, but I'm taking the homestanding Lions against the spread. And I guess the real reason I'm taking that, the way I'm take, picking this game is again, Matthew Stafford has been ruled out of this football game, but I still think they're back up I don't even know. It might be uh, Bobby Lane for all I know or care, but the Lions backup is still good enough, I think, at home to get the Lions within six and a half. 
Well, it's been almost 10 years since Matthew Stafford wasn't starting for the uh, Detroit Lions, at least uh, until last week. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys both ways because I don't trust Detroit with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. Oh, it's not Bobby Lane. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who Bobby Lane is? No. Bobby Lane was the quarterback of the Detroit Lions when they won their last, right, when they won their last NFL championship in 1954. He was the guy. Mm Mm-hmm. They've pretty much sucked at quarterback between Bobby Lane and now, of course, Matthew Stafford is a star. I have no problems at all with Matthew Stafford. But from 1954, pre-Matthew Stafford, the quarterback position in Detroit has been, let's say, lacking, for a lack of a better word. Next game is in Indianapolis. And I got to tell you, I am really, really tired of, and I think, to be fair, Chris and I have both been fair, to the Indianapolis Colts. And I know last week they lost Ja'Cory Brissett. But you've heard Chris and I talk about that offensive line and all the defensive weapons, and I have a great amount of respect for Frank Reich. I don't give a damn if you bring Burt Jones back to quarterback the Baltimore or Indianapolis Colts. Bring back Johnny Unitas for all I care. They should be able at home to beat the Miami Dolphins. I'm very disappointed in the Indianapolis Colts right now. I'm quite pissed off at them. Um, they are underachieving, even without Brissett at quarterback. And I know they've been through a lot this year. The Andrew Luck thing, Andrew, or excuse me, Brissett's continuous injuries. But my God, I, I still believe in my heart of hearts that Chris and I could find nine other guys and be competitive against the Miami Dolphins right now as they are. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I, I was going to save this for later, but God damn it. I'm in a pissed off mood and my, my, my right foot hurts. Um, I believe that there are a couple of teams in major college football in the United States that would give a run right now against the Washington Redskins, the Miami Dolphins, and maybe the New York Jets. And the Cincinnati Bengals. I, uh, th- th- thank you. There's another one. The Cincinnati Bengals. I believe Ohio State, LSU, and probably still Clemson, and Alabama is still a good football team, but there are a couple of teams in the collegiate ranks that could give a run to the couple of lower echelon teams in the NFL right freaking now. I truly believe that Indianapolis, again, should line up with what they have, and they could have Chris or I at quarterback, and we should still be able to beat the Miami Dolphins at home. That has a lot of reasoning why I'm picking this game the way I am picking this game. Indianapolis comes in as three-point favorites. Yes, Brissett is back. But I think the coming back of Nick Foles is good for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And because I'm pissed off at Indianapolis, I'm taking the Jaguars both ways. Well, I'm going to take Indy straight up in Jacksonville against the spread. I simply expect this to be a really close, hard-fought divisional matchup with uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, any sort of playoff aspirations are on the line in this game. And uh, I just think it'll be close. And I think Indy coming off of not just a loss, but a completely embarrassing loss is going to motivate them. Typically teams, if they come off a big win, they can be flat the next week. They come off a really horrible loss. They should be ready to play. I don't think that the practices were too tame. I'm going to just assume that a good coach like Frank Reich had them playing and had the whip out this week. I have to assume that. So I'm simply going to do it that way. You're a lot smarter than I am, sir. Um, Buffalo at Miami is where we're going next. And here's another team. I have to I have to vent a little bit. The Buffalo Bills 
should not be losing to the Cleveland Browns anywhere. At this point, Buffalo should not be sneaking up on anybody. Buffalo is a is a good football team. They're well coached. They've got a great defense. They've got a uh, up and coming offense with some nice pieces: quarterback, running back, wide receiver. But you still should never lose to the Cleveland Browns. I don't give a damn where. Um, Buffalo is now taking their road trow from the Iron Belt down to the uh, down to the beach in South Florida. Buffalo at Miami. Buffalo comes in at six and a half point favorites. Buffalo, yeah, they're going to be kind of pissed off for their performance last week in uh, at the mistake by the lake. But I've got the Buffalo Bills uh, winning this game straight up. But you know what? I've been winning a lot lately with the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Fitzmagic. And I'm taking the Dolphins to cover again. I'm taking the Dolphins against the spread. And I'm on a roll, so go to hell, all of you. <laughs> uh, I still haven't come around to taking the Dolphins even against the spread. And I'm not going to this week either. Because the weakness of the Buffalo Bills excellent defense is uh, on the running uh, in the running game and the Dolphins have arguably the worst O-line in the league and the worst starting running back in Kalen Ballage so uh, I don't think that uh, Fitzpatrick as well as he's done I don't think that he's going to uh, do much against the Buffalo pass defense and they've already played him once this year and I think they're ready for him and he used to play for them so they know him well and uh, I, I think Buffalo will step up. I know that Buffalo looks shaky. I totally get it. And I don't blame you for taking Miami with the points here in a divisional game against an underachieving Buffalo squad. Buffalo was losing to Miami in the third quarter That's right. earlier this year. Uh, but uh, you know what? I'm going to go with them. I like that they're giving, finally, Devin Singletary the starting job over uh, old man Frank Gore. So uh, I think that's going to be very helpful as well. So, yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo both ways. U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis is where we're going next. The Denver Broncos invade Minneapolis to take on the Vikings. The Vikings are 10-point favorites in this game. The Vikings are, yes, they won last week against Dallas, big deal, but the Vikings are a much better football team, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion when they play at home, just like any normal NFL team. Uh, Denver, (laughs) you know... When is Denver, and again, I, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again, if Mr. Bolin was around, I believe Elway would be in trouble. I truly do. Denver is not supposed to be this mediocre. Denver is not supposed to be considered one of the lower echelon teams in the NFL. They're one of the marquee teams in the NFL. They can't figure out their quarterback position. Elway, the tooth needs to go. He's been given plenty of rope. Now let's hang his ass. It's time. Uh, Minnesota's 10-point home favorites in this one. I hate the Vikings. Everybody knows that, but they did well for me last week, and I'm staying with them again this week against Denver both ways. Yeah, you got to like Mike Zimmer against either Drew Locke or Brandon Allen as the quarterback on the other side. And a lot of people haven't noticed this. Tampa Bay has gotten all of the hype as the best run defense in the league, and they are in terms of yardage. But Minnesota is number one. Uh, against uh, running touchdowns because they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns this year, which is absolutely incredible. And one was a fluky, and I never use that word. <laughs> I, 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 like, I seriously never, ever, ever well, use that word. Wouldn't you, if you were on a hockey team or something, everybody's got a nickname for everybody. If you were on a hockey team, you would probably, they would try, 
you'd tell them to go to hell and beat the crap out of them. But somebody would try to say, hey, Fluky, wouldn't they? Well, hockey players have called me Fluker before. Fluker? So okay. They usually, yeah, they add E or er to the oh, end okay. of the names or whatever. But it's fine. I, I never, ever use that word. I just, But it was the right thing here. And I just, other than a Fluky 91-yard uh, touchdown, I forget who did it against them. Uh, you know, they've only had one other rushing touchdown allowed this year. And you have to imagine Denver you know, can't win this game without uh, having a really good running game established. And I just don't think they're going to convert on anything here with uh, quarterbacks that aren't feared and, uh, you know, being unable to, to score rushing touchdowns. So I'm forced to take Minnesota both ways here. Okay, as we say hello and welcome you to this 424th episode of Unscripted, our week 11 uh, look at the, uh, well, I should, let me, <clears throat> let me backtrack a minute. Our Weekly look at week 11, our picks for this week in the NFL. Continuing on to Tampa Bay is where we're going next. Raymond James Stadium down there in central FLA. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Now, talk about a team that should be ready to play this week. Mm -hmm. The New Orleans Saints lost a lot more than just a football game last week. They lost their, if the playoffs were to start last week, the New Orleans Saints would have been the second-seeded team and would have had a home playoff game. But they've lost that title to the Green Bay Packers because, for some reason, the New Orleans Saints didn't take the Atlanta Falcons very seriously at all and lost. didn't this lose. They got their ass kicked 26-9 to the uh, aforementioned and underachieving Falcons. But uh, that tells you right there, folks, that any given day, anybody can beat anybody. You've been hearing that as long as you've been a sports fan. I guarantee it. New Orleans comes into this one in Central Florida as five-and-a-half-point favorites, and if there was a guy that was going to be ready to play this week, it would be one Drew Brees. And for that reason, and I hopefully Sean Payton has lit a couple fires this week, um, this one was easy for me. Um, Saints both ways. I'm actually taking uh, New Orleans outright, but Tampa Bay against the spread. Taking Tampa with the points was pretty easy for me. No Lattimore, and man, uh, that Saints pass defense is not the same without Lattimore, that's for sure. And uh, Tampa, it's interesting because they have the number one defense against the run, but they have the dead last defense against the pass. So it really depends on Drew Brees' health. If Drew Brees, like who kept clutching his ribs last week, yeah, you know, and if he can only score nine points uh, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I don't see him doing much better than that if he's that banged up uh, at Tampa. So, hey, I mean, uh, I'll take them outright. But, man, it really depends on Drew Brees' health. If New Orleans is good to go, and we know they're missing Lattimore, if they had a healthy Brees and healthy Lattimore, yeah, you can take them both ways here. But uh, the way it is, I consider taking Tampa in the upset. Uh, I'll take them with the points for sure. I will figure that hopefully New Orleans, a team that went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater, can do okay with even a Drew Brees who's not 100%. If Vinny Testaverde was the quarterback in his heyday, and that lasted for about two weeks in the late 80s, uh, if he was the quarterback today or tomorrow for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I may have gone the same way Chris is, but I'm still and never will be sold on Jameis Winston. I don't give a damn. I think that Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are both going to be playing with different teams here in the next couple of years. And um, I just think... The Saints, 
obviously let one get away last week, and they have to take some frustration out on somebody, and that somebody is going to be Bruce Arians and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Does, doesn't Vinny Testaverde's son play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now? Does he? Yeah, he's a quarterback too. Vincent Testaverde. Vincent. Oh, Testaverde. Okay. I believe he does. Well, okay. I don't know that. Um, I have, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here. I have been really good this year on the upset yes, of the weeks. You have, yeah. I hit it last week. I hit it the week before. I hit it the week before. I'm, I'm going to go that. back and see how many you've hit because you've you got almost all. I know. I you, think I've hit. I think I've hit at least nine out, or excuse me, eight out of ten. Yeah, you're not. You're not. I know you've missed some. You're not perfect. Well, but no, you're, but uh, but you're close. It's nobody's really perfect. Not even Jesus Christ. Um, if Jesus Christ wasn't, if he was perfect, he would have kept Don Cherry in his role at Sportsnet. That's that's. Isn't it pronounced Jeebus? Huh? No, it's Jesus. Okay, no. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is from East East Phoenix. Um, oh my God! If my mother's listening, I'm being blasphemous. Um, mm-hmm. my mother said she was going to listen to the program, so I told her I'd clean up my act. <laughs> um, this is my upset of the week: New York Jets at Washington. Now. You know this, and I've said this before, when the CEO of the New York Jets came out this week, Christopher Johnson, because his dad's too busy in England these days being the prime American ambassador to Britain. But Christopher Johnson came out this week and says, I have Adam Gaze's back. He's going to be the coach here in 2020. Might not be past week two, but he's going to be the coach going into 2020. The Jets uh, surprised me last week with their performance against the Giants. I have already dubbed the Washington Redskins the most dysfunctional uh, franchise in all of professional sports. Might have to change that. Might have to, well, we're going to talk about that in 425 as well. We may have to change that. But for right now, for the purposes of episode 424, I've deemed the Washington Redskins the most inept, most dysfunctional franchise in major professional sports. And for that reason alone, I certainly think that the Redskins are doing something finally a little bit smarter by starting the Haskins kid out of Ohio State for the rest of the year, but I don't know if that's good or bad. All I know is that Sam Darnold seems to me, I would think, starting to feel a little bit stronger after the bout of mononucleosis. Uh, in this game, actually, the, for some reason, the Redskins are two-and-a-half-point favorites. That's just because they're at home. And for that reason, and many reasons above and beyond, I'm taking the excuse me the New York Jets to win both ways, and that is my upset of the week. Well, I'm going to take Washington both ways, despite Mike's excellence at the upsets this week. Although in my betting with Greg, our buddy, a uh, friend of the show, I am going to uh, make sure that we are ready for the Jets when it comes to that. But for the purposes of unscripted picks, I'm going to take Washington both ways. Washington actually opened as a one-point favorite, and then because of an avalanche of professional betting money on Washington, it shot up to two and a half points. So one and a half points is a fairly significant movement uh, based on short money because the public is pounding the Jets, as you could imagine. Uh, You know, they bet against the Jets last week and then they saw them do well again and they beat Dallas a few weeks ago. So now everyone's back on the bandwagon. Uh, Washington's O-line is getting healthy. And so I think that they're going to be better. I don't trust Haskins yet, although I do like Terry McLaurin. But the Jets, what did make me pause and make me not want to just go all in on Washington here Uh, a lot of people don't know how good the Jets run defense is the Jets rush defense is number two in the league behind Tampa and last week they held Saquon Barkley to one rushing yard 
So the Quinn Williams, I think, is the real deal. No. I'm still confused uh, as to why they let go of Leonard Williams, but Quinn and Williams, real deal, first round pick, third overall. So I'll take Washington this week, but I am uh, a little bit leery, especially with Mike taking his upset of the week here. So I'll be ready for the Jets with the betting, but uh, <laughs> not with my unscripted picks. I'll go out in a wire. All right. Uh, this next game happens at Bank of America Stadium in downtown Charlotte, North Carolina. I got to watch for the first time since week two when they lost in um, on Monday Night Football to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was the first time I actually sat down and watched the Carolina Panthers. I love Christian McCaffrey. I think the uh, Panthers can now officially start taking bids on Cam Newton because they found his replacement. That young man, Allen, is the real deal. I really liked him. He'll be on the Bears next year, I think. Cam I, I think he's going to be on the Bears, or I think he's going to be on the Broncos next year. Yeah, Bears those, or Broncos. Those are, the, those are the two that came to mind, too. Bears yeah. or Broncos. But um, Carolina can be run on. Um the Packers put up 156 yards of rushing on Carolina. They can be run on. Uh, Atlanta, can they play like they did two weeks in a row? No. There's no way in hell. Carolina comes into this one at 4.5, as 4.5 favorites, 4.5 points. Carolina is at the, I believe right off the top of my head, in the seven spot maybe for the playoffs, so they need to continue winning. They cannot. This is where those first two losses at home are going to, potentially come back and bite the, the Carolina Panthers in the ass. But for this game, I'm taking the Panthers both ways because, A, I like Carolina. They've got some pieces there. And, B, Atlanta can't play like that two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, it's a classic uh, case of, or it's going to be at least, of a team coming off of what you can call their Super Bowl win yeah. and coming out flat the next week. And they've had their highlight of the season already. And now not only is Devontae Freeman out, but uh, uh, Austin Hooper is out. And I that's still the best thing I did in fantasy this year, I think, is I took Austin Hooper in pretty much every league. I'd get him in the hundreds. I'd get him in the 10th round. And he is the number one tight end in fantasy football this year, even beating Travis Kelsey and all the big names, George Kittle, you name it. And he's just been fantastic. He's out this week. And, uh, you know, typically when I look at his results each week, it's like, oh, Austin Hooper caught all nine targets for however many yards and a touchdown. And they're going to miss that production, uh, whether it's garbage time or not. And they're just trying to cover the spread. It's going to make it harder this week. And uh, I'm definitely taking Carolina both ways as well. I would believe that there are some people, um, and maybe this certainly could happen, that's, that potentially would view this next game as an AFC playoff primer the houston texans visiting the baltimore ravens the ravens come in as four point favorites i did not realize this but lamar jackson has had two games this year of a perfect perfect 158.3 passer rating yeah and who were those against uh the idaho state vandals and the washington state cougars i have no fucking clue they might as well have been because this is a great point because those two games were against the miami dolphins and the cincinnati Bengals. and if you take those two games away lamar jackson's stats this year aren't all that amazing they're okay but they're nothing special if you take those two games away so beating up on the dolphins and the Bengals has really elevated his stock especially when he's doing highlight reel spin moves like he's Barry Sanders in a video game or something. Uh, you know what? Well, He's that makes good, me but... feel a little bit better when you tell me that because, um, you know, that that puts a little bit more shine on Aaron Rodgers' 158.3 against the Oakland Raiders. Um, Oakland Raiders aren't the old silver and black machine from years past, but I think 
they're better, obviously, defensively than either the Miami Dolphins or the oh, yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, for damn sure. Um, I do like, you know what, I, I have to admit this. Uh, Harbaugh and Jackson had a great little moment on the sidelines after that game last week. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens are all in with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback moving forward. And man, uh, Eric DeCosta, the new general manager, looks like a, a rocket scientist for getting rid of Joe Flacco. Um, but I, you know what? I love Deshaun uh, Watson, but there's still something wrong with Houston. Besides the butt chin, I, there's something wrong. They've lost J.J. Watt. They traded Jadavian Clowney to Seattle. They're not the same tenacity on defense. Um, Houston's going to win the AFC South by default because Indianapolis can't figure out what the hell that's going right or wrong. But in this game, with Baltimore being four-point favorites, I'm taking the red-hot Ravens right now. I'm taking them both ways. Well, I've already talked about the number one run defense in the league, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the number two, New York Jets. But number three is the Houston Texans. And I think that's going to really uh, slow down, shall we say, Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram for that reason, for that uh, for that matter. And hey, it's going to come down to then Lamar Jackson having to pass. And he has not been that good this year, other than when he's playing the Dolphins or the Bengals. And he's been okay. He's been, I'd say, probably better than expected, but he hasn't been anything great. And uh, it's too bad that J.J. Watt isn't there to, you know, pressure him a little extra too. But I think that the fact that the uh, run defense is so strong is excellent. Also, I saw a great point made online where uh, no team blitzes more than the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. And Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks against the blitz. He's very, very smart. He's a very, very quick thinker. He's very, very athletic. And when they, uh, when they, when you just rush four and his terrible O line allows stuff, like then he's not that great. But when you blitz him, he's excellent because he's very, very sharp. Love that guy. So I think he is going to hear all this MVP conversation about Lamar Jackson and say, "Oh yeah, well I think I'm maybe might be better than this guy, and he is better than that guy, and I think he's going to show it this week." And so this is my upset of the week. I have the Houston Texans both ways. Just think about this, and this just came to my mind as you were talking about this. The best name in professional sports these days, I think, has to be Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. But what a job he has done. And think about this. Baltimore's defense may not be number one in the league, but they're they're pretty damn good. And think about it. They lost guys like Zadarius Smith to Green Bay and C.J. Mosley to the New York Jets. And think about how good their defense would be if they were able to retain those two guys. Well, that's why they're blitzing so much, because they lost so much well, talent. I, I get that, but just they have overcome. They had some concerns, obviously, salary cap-wise, and that's why they made uh, Smith and, and Mosley available to other teams. But to overcome the loss, you've seen what, obviously, we've all seen what Zadarius Smith has done in Green Bay. And we've documented many times as to how important C.J. Mosley is to the interior defense of the New York Jets. And it's just kind of unfathomable unfathomable to me, easy for me to say sometimes, but it's really incredulous to me. I'll try that one. It's easier. How well Baltimore has adapted to some of their losses on the defensive side of the football. And I think we can make fun of the name, but a lot of that credit has to go to defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. You know, he used to be, and this is way before your time, but he used to be a, a game show host back in the 70s. There was a game show host called or named Wink Martindale. 
Yeah, a different guy. Oh, for sure, a different guy. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'll just never forget that name. Um, Arizona at San Francisco is where we're going. The second of a three-game homestand for the 49ers. The Monday night game, which they lost, breaking their their uh, undefeated season. They lost uh, in overtime to Seattle on Monday night. Arizona is here the middle game. And, of course, next, next week is the big one with the Packers. San Francisco comes into this one uh, as 10-point favorites. Chris has already mentioned that I believe their great tight end Kittle will not play this week. Uh, I don't think that's going to make one bit of difference. I think the Niners need this game. Um, nobody in this day and age, I don't believe, unless it's the New England Patriots with that schedule, and we've seen even even that can happen. It's going to be very difficult in this day and age for anybody to go uh, undefeated. The uh, 49ers were the last team to lose a game this year. Um, you know, it's funny. My two whipping boys that were doing the ESPN game, Tessitore and Anthony McFarland, sitting there saying that that was the game of the year last year, uh, last week with Seattle and San Francisco. No, it wasn't. It was a lot of misses. There was a rookie kicker that, you know, that kick that the kid from San Francisco, uh, the San Francisco kid makes the kick to, to send it to overtime. Congratulations. But then he had a kick to try to win the game and he kicked it down the the corridor. Mm-hmm. He, he shanked it so bad to the yeah. right that it went down one of the hallways, if you will, that that put people into their seats. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, there isn't really much analysis needed in this one. San Francisco is, again, 10-point favorites, and I have the Niners winning both ways. I'll take the Niners outright, Arizona plus the points. This is too many points. Arizona just lost by three to them a couple weeks ago. True. And At home, no. Yeah, that's, that's fine. But the Niners are looking vulnerable. Kittle versus the worst tight end defense would have been a dream matchup, and he's out, so that's too bad. But uh, I, I think Arizona can smell blood here. Also, I think San Fran could be looking ahead to the matchup with the Packers as well. So I, I think that could cause them to not be focused. So uh, I'm definitely taking Arizona plus the points. I won't get too froggy here and, and uh, pick them both ways, but I'll take Arizona with the points. Froggy? What's that mean? I've just heard that term before. Oh. Like too uppity or too... Oh, okay. You know, Got it. Just, you know. 10-4. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Paul Gunther Bowl is where we're going <laughs> next. That's that's analysis right there. Paul Gunther used to be the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati under, I guess it would have been Marvin Lewis, correct? Oh, yeah. Or Jay Gruden. Of course. No, well, well, Jay Gruden was the offensive coordinator that's there. Right. Right. That's right. But now Gunther was taken uh, off of the Cincinnati coaching roster and went out to Oakland with Gruden. Cincinnati at Oakland. Oakland is 11.5-point favorites. Uh, again, I, all I'm going to say there is the Raiders are improving every week. Um, they have bought in to Coach Gruden and the general manager, Mike Mayock. They are going to continue to stockpile talent out there in the East Bay before they go to Southern Nevada next year. For this game, no analysis needed. I think Oakland wins both ways. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, good for John Gruden for getting his guys ready to play each week. And he's you know really made them, I think, tough, which is Damn obviously right. a John Gruden... Uh, trademark and he's uh, he, I didn't know if that would happen in 2019 you can just go in there and be tough and be a football guy and the guys will play tougher but they really have I think he's got the Raiders playing like the Oakland Raiders what he considers that to mean correct and uh, it's impressive and so there's just you know the Bengals aren't giving us anything to work with here so you know they're behind the Dolphins in a number of categories and are and and at this point they have they should really try hard not to win a game because then they got the first overall pick in the bag. They're the only winless team. So let's take uh, Oakland both ways. You know what happens, though? If Cincinnati does secure the first pick, 
I almost guarantee you that whoever that young man is will hold out. Cincinnati is notorious for that. Other times that they've had the first pick overall in the draft, that person has held out too. They're just so cheap and they're so behind the times and Mike Brown doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I actually kind of feel sorry for the young man, Zach Taylor. I really do. Here's a kid from that area, Kentucky actually, but right across the Ohio River. And uh, his wife is from that area. And he finally gets in and breaks into the fraternity of 32 to get a job in the National Football League as a head coach. And it happens to be in Cincinnati. Poor boy. Um, Game of the week for me anyway. Two marquee teams. Usually when they're two marquee teams like this, the game actually sucks. Um, it was, was funny because there was NBC wanted to flex this game into the Sunday night time slot. And this was protected by CBS because CBS wanted to keep Nance and Romo on this game. So you'll get Jim Nance, Tony Romo at, uh, Lincoln financial field in Philadelphia on Sunday afternoon, the Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots take on the Eagles. New England comes in as three and a half point favorites. Um, Let's just say that Philadelphia is still continually banged up. This will not be a rematch of a Super Bowl a couple of years ago just because of all the injuries on the Eagles' side. But it is in Philly. I have the Patriots winning this one straight up, but I have the Eagles against the spread. It should be a fascinating game. You know, a couple of weeks ago I looked at the schedule and I was excited and I thought, oh man, New England coming off their first loss this season. Then they get a bye, so they get two weeks to think about it. Belichick gets the two weeks to prepare what uh like that is the last situation you want to be as an opponent is facing Bill Belichick with two weeks to prepare for you coming off a loss Mm -hmm. that is the last thing you want right and then I was disappointed to look ahead and say oh at Philly that's one of the last in terms of because I like finding bets I can really be confident in well that's what you're good at too. Uh, well thank you but this ah and I still like to but not only is Philly, you know, you know, a decent team, they've underperformed this year, but they are well coached and they're also coming off a bye. So you have Bill Belichick with two weeks to prepare against Doug Peterson with two weeks to prepare. Super Bowl matchup, uh, you know, revenge all over the place. Man, this is a hard one. I did what you did. I took New England straight up and Philly against the spread. Very, very tough game to figure out. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's just time to sit back and enjoy the game. I do think... This will be an interesting game, and I think it will be neat to see what these coaches come up with. The Sunday night game uh, finds it in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. The Chicago Bears visit the homestanding Los Angeles Rams. The Rams come in as six-and-a-half-point favorites. And I have to make this comment, and I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to see what you, what you think about this. I believe the residue of the loss that the Rams had last year in the playoffs to Chicago. I don't know if the Rams really have recovered from that. Now, I know the Rams have had some issues and some injuries along their offensive front, and and Jared Goff is not playing at the same uh, level that he was last year for sure. The defense has gone through some change with Marcus Peters out, Aqib Tlaib out. They they bring in Jalen Ramsey, which you'd think is 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 an upgrade. Clay Matthews, you know, uh, uh, Glassjaw Matthews missed a number of games, but obviously he came back and made a contribution last week in their loss at Pittsburgh. But this is not the same Los Angeles Rams team. Conversely, the Chicago Bears are not the same team either because the Chicago Bears need this game even worse than the Los Angeles Rams because the Rams are still above 500. 
the Bears lost four games all of last year. They've already lost five this year. They're below 500, and they need to win out to have any chance at all of getting invited back or earning a ticket back to the NFL playoffs season. Um, I don't see it this way. I see the Rams winning because, A, I really believe in my heart of hearts that, and I, 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 still, I still believe this, that Sean McVay is a better coach than Matt Nagy. That's going to... You know that's going to lead me a, lead me a little bit more for taking the L.A. Rams in this game. I'm taking the Rams uh, to win it straight up, but I am thinking that the Bears' defense can stay within six and a half points against a struggling Los Angeles Rams offense. Something you said that reminded me of something I saw on Twitter this week, where someone said the Dallas Cowboys are going to the playoffs, and someone said not without a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, and that kind of reminded me of the Bears a bit here. But I did what you did, same thing. Uh, Rams straight up, Chicago against the spread. I just don't trust the Rams to cover this many points. Yeah. Right? That's It's too many. I'm, I'm really surprised at how high the spread is. But when you look at the matchups, uh, the Bears' defense, at least the run defense, is terrible without Akeem Hicks. And so you'd think the Rams could do something with that with Todd Gurley, but they seem to just refuse to play him very much. I don't know what they're saving him for at this point. If his career is basically over and he's got arthritis or whatever, well, at least play him while he's, you know, 25 still and get a few games out of him. I don't know what you're saving him for here, but uh, I think it's going to come down to uh, the Bears offense and... David Montgomery's a game-time decision, and they just released Mike Davis. And the Rams have a top-five run defense. Sorry, they just do. <clears throat> and there's a guy named Aaron Donald, who not only is just a big name. I was looking today on Pro Football Focus, and they're all, they have these advanced stats on every single player in the NFL. And the number one, if you look at the advanced metrics, not looking at names or anything like that, or being swayed by that, just looking at hard data, the number one ranked defensive lineman in the NFL, based on performance, is Aaron Donald. He legitimately is as advertised. He is legitimately that good. He really, really is. He's not just a bunch of hype. So you have that guy and a top five run defense against a team with no real true running backs probably this week. And so it's going to come down to Mitchell Trubisky's arm. And his top receiver, Allen Robinson, is going to be covered by Robinson's former teammate, Jalen Ramsey, who they know each other very well. And they're looking forward to playing each other this week. Uh, I don't know how the Bears are going to win this game it, like unless the bears pass defense wins the game single-handedly which is possible certainly the rams o-line sucks anyway and they've got a bunch of replacements this week which is a disaster potentially but unless the bears defense wins the game single-handedly as the bears defense has done a number of times over the last 15 years uh and, and beyond really uh I, i'm gonna take the rams to uh to go to six and four i guess here and that would be nice and i i hope sean mcveigh has a good plan here the Monday night game um, is also in Los Angeles. It's in that band box out in the ghetto in Carson. Kansas City visits the L.A. Chargers. No, it's not. Sorry. It's in Mexico City. Oh, that's right. My bad. That's right. That's right. Azteca Stadium. That's right. Mexico City. That's correct. Playing at 7,000 altitude. And here's the thing. I looked into this, and I was ready to just go hard on the Kansas City Chiefs, but I found with the prep... Uh, the Chargers are spending the week in Colorado. Colorado right, Springs. Which yeah. is about two-thirds as high. It's about 5,000-some feet up. Yeah. Kansas City, just so you know, because I mean, obviously LA is at sea level. Uh, Kansas City, I looked it up. Kansas City is only 227 meters above sea level. So 
pretty much sea level. Yeah. Uh, and Andy Reid has just decided that they're not going to do any altitude training. They're just going to train at home and just have a normal week. And he's he said, we looked into it and we decided it wasn't worth messing up a routine. We're just going to stay at home and just go and travel like normal and away we go. So that makes me a little little iffy on the Chiefs, but please go ahead. Well, I didn't know about that, and I'm thankfully that you told me that, but uh, I mean, I did know it was Mexico City. I just had a brain fart there, but I'm, I'm not going to change my bet because I have ethics, and I'm not going to do that, but my bet was and continues to be Kansas City is four-point favorites, Chiefs straight up, Chargers against the spread. Yeah, me too, and, and mainly for the reasons I said there, be out, and uh, I don't really trust the Chargers offense, but they have looked better with the new OC, so that's good at least. Uh, it, it might be scary with Patrick Mahomes airing it out in 7,000 yeah. feet up. I mean, is he going to throw the ball 100 yards without hitting the ground? Like, I don't know what he's going to do there, but it could be fun. Uh, I'm expecting a really good, exciting divisional game with a lot of scoring. I think it'll be a really good game. If you remember last time, uh, they were trying to go in Mexico City and the field was all messed up. And then it was the Rams and the Chiefs. And then they ended up going to L.A. and having an all-time classic, 54-51. Uh, so, uh, and who knows, maybe that game would have been just as good or better in Mexico City with the altitude, assuming that the field was good. But who knows, maybe not. So, uh, But I'm, I'm expecting another classic matchup. I think this will be a great episode of Monday Night Football, other than having to put up with Anthony McFarland's constant laughing at things like a little girl. It's really annoying. I'm really getting sick of that part. But the game itself, I think, could be really exciting to watch. We've got a run on this uh, 420, got to get the right number, 424th episode of Unscripted. Uh, a lot of things to talk about as we'll get into our regularly scheduled program. I love that. Our regularly scheduled programs. We'll get into that. A lot of things to talk about. Something that I'm calling the Remembrance Day Massacre. Obviously, the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game from Monday night is a, is a big topic of conversation. The AL then the American League, the National League, uh, MVPs and Cy Young Awards were handed out this week. Colin Kaepernick is getting a private workout in front of supposedly now 25 teams, yeah, I've heard. As we speak. Yeah. As we speak, yeah, in Atlanta. He's getting a private audience with 25 teams uh, in attendance, uh, representatives of 20 to 25 teams in the National Football League. So a lot of things to talk about, and we'll get to all those topics right after this. But having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke. I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.